Well, we're hanging out at uh, Rick House Brewing here in Mineral Wells, Texas with the man himself, Mr. Brian Miller. How are you, bud? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. Historic uh, Crazy Water Hotel. I know. Isn't this amazing? Lobby. This is just a cool <laughs> spot. <laughs> yeah. You know, we got very lucky. Mineral Wells a couple of years ago, I think I was telling you, um, we were here, my wife is uh, here on a project, and uh, Oak Street would be dark at 9 mm-hmm. o'clock. No street lights, no businesses, and everything's really started to change for the better. There's businesses that are open late at night. We've got live music. We've got food. We've got great beer. People are showing up. No, I just, actually, oddly enough, I just watched a movie last night that was filmed here in Mineral Wells uh, five or six years ago, and I couldn't tell if they made it a point to make it look abandoned <laughs> or if that's just the way it looked anyway. Um, but no, it's the, they're making huge strides in this place to improve everything and get business in here. And like you said, I mean, things are staying open. Foot traffic is just unreal. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's really coming back to life. The Baker Hotel's... Uh, they're uh, remodeling that. I don't know what the schedule is on that. Probably another couple of years. But yeah, uh, last I heard was about another two or three years. Yeah, but uh, big project. Well, we're here. We're uh, tell us what we're drinking. I'm drinking um, Irish Red, I believe. It is. It's called Michael O'Kelly's Irish Red. That was my fifth generation great grandfather out of County Cork, Ireland. He makes good beer. He does. <laughs> so I think we need to name this segment. Um, how about Brews and Bros? That's that's that works for me. Suds and studs. Uh, that's a little. Pops and jocks. That's still kind of reaching. No, let's call. I'm it. a little too fat for that label. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call it guys hanging out. But uh, wanted to come out and hang out with you. It's a uh, what's today? Today's a uh, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. I, I don't know this anymore. It's midweek. <laughs> we had some people uh, bellied up to the bar, enjoying some of your brews, and a couple over here hanging out with their uh, four-legged pup. Right. But I uh, wanted to come and spend some time with you and talk to you about your history and how all this uh, came to fruition. First, I want to say I'm not a beer drinker. That changed when I went to Europe. Yeah. And I tasted those beers. That tends to happen with a lot of people, though. It it was <laughs> night and day. Yeah. Because over here, you know, they, oh, yeah, we're drinking drink. And I'm not bashing anybody, but Sierra Nevada, that was the... Uh, um, that was the, the cool beer at the time. Mm-hmm. It's a small yeah, beer. And then Ansel Adams and a, you know, a few others came in. Samuel Adams. Samuel Adams. Ansel Adams, he's the photographer. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he drank, but I really never found a beer that I really cared for. Uh, so I just went right to bourbon. And nothing wrong with that. But when I came in here and I had, the first time I came here, uh, you offered me a beer that just you just tapped. And it was refreshing. It was flavorful it wasn't bitter it wasn't like i've experienced over the years it's mm-hmm. almost what i experienced over in europe cool. so it's dip- i'll take that as a compliment yeah. and i've even been to some of these what do you call microbreweries down in uh when i was out in california on fishing trips and and, and down in the big city yeah <clears throat> they're all right yeah usually they're a little they're a little bitter and kind of funky but uh you've done something here that <laughs> we have a phrase that i learned from a friend of mine that brews in fort worth it's I like those guys. I like what they do. They make interesting beers. Mm-hmm. Whenever somebody comes in and they talk about another brewery that it's not quite so favorable, <laughs> we like those guys. Yes. <laughs> everybody, you know, let everyone give it a try. Yeah. And, and to that point, everybody has a different palate mm-hmm. and a different taste profile and what they're looking for. And so whenever somebody comes in here and they're like, I like every single one of beer, your beers, I was like, mm, every single okay. One. They've been here a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's we're going to do some that people love. We're going to do some that people maybe not so much right. like. And so everybody's got their own flavor. Um, and so that's that's kind of what we strive to do. It's like we we have a lot of stuff that's from point A to point B. But with that, it's like I know we're going to satisfy pretty much everybody across the board, but it's not going to be every every single beer, like they say. Well, beer's been around, what, 5,000 years? Give and, or take. Uh, you know, you you think that you you think with all the changes in technology and uh, the crops and everything that they've grown that that beer would just be um, made to perfection nowadays. But we still get a lot of what do they, they call skunky beers, smelly beers, uh-huh. and yeah, absolutely very unflavorful beers. Well, and, and, and 
and I was going to say, and on your on your bar there, you have two jars, and right. it's one is the ingredients that you use, and the other is the ingredients that what the major market beers mm-hmm. you might say use. Yeah, we label one as craft beer and one's commercial beer, mm-hmm. and so one has some fillers in it, and it has the not. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. Um, it's fewer hops. It's not the top end grains on it, um, and so it's and with. I mean, like I said, it's got more fillers in it, and so it's cheaper to make. Which is just mass producing. You're just kicking it out, and that's basically what that is. And so ours, it takes more to make it. There's more that goes into it, and and so it's. I don't know. We just like to think that it's a, a higher quality product coming out. It is. I'm, you know, I'm enjoying. You gave me a sampler here. This is uh, what you had for your Oktoberfest, right? Oak O A K, because you want North Oak North Oktoberfest. North Oktoberfest. All right. And what is this? That one's called Dirty Fraulein. And so that's our Martzen Oktoberfest Lager. That's a good flavor. It is. And I'm no- very very happy with that one. And like I said, normally beer, eh, I, I will cook with it if I open a beer bottle. I'll take a couple swigs and I'm done. Mm-hmm. But here, you know, I'll come in and have a couple. Really good. Let's talk about your history. How did how did beer making start? Just as a as a hobby, um, or a bet, <laughs> a dare? It was it was actually a a a drunken night of <laughs> a whole lot of arrogance. Um, and we sat around drinking beers, and all of a sudden, one of us was like, "Well, heck, I can do this better." Mm-hmm. And so then that started this whole insane road. The proverbial, hold my beer, I'm going to make <laughs> right. a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so we did. So I had actually tried this um, probably mm, 20 years ago, and it came out terrible. Um, and so I kind of just got away from it. And then once we start talking about it eight or nine years ago, mm-hmm. it was. It was that, well, this is stupid. I can do this. Um and so we made a couple of batches, and they actually came out really good. And so we we just kind of kept doing it and kept going with them and building consistency and getting it to where we wanted it. And to us, it seemed easy enough. So what starts in, in the garage ends up, uh, you know, here behind us, we've got what, uh, a fermenter? I don't even know what they're called. Yeah, you've got a seven-barrel pub system back here to where it's, Roughly 275, 280-gallon tanks on, um, on the cooking side. And then we have four fermenters that are about 250 gallons each. Wow. That's a big leap from garage or, or, or <laughs> dorm room brewing. And, and oddly enough, you say that, I still have some of my old neighbors come in here that used to come drink in my garage. And they're like, what in the <laughs> hell is all this? And I was like, I don't know. I'm learning how to do it, too. <laughs> Now, when you start brewing, obviously there's books, there's online. Uh, did you ever have you ever done uh, like research and you know take the big trip across the the ocean and study how the Germans do it or the Austrians do it? Because they all have a entirely set different set mm-hmm. of rules, right? Uh, very stringent rules on what beer is. Yeah, and so the German rule is that there are only four ingredients allowed: um, hops, grain, water, and yeast, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have not gone overseas to study. It's a lot of just, hey, what's the right answer for this? Let's Google this or let's Google that. And let's kind of figure out what these 10 other people have done. And then we just take bits and pieces of those little things and just see what works and what doesn't. But it's also, it's a whole lot of science, but a whole lot of art. Mm-hmm. My wife is a microbiologist. And so she's kind of, she knows the whole science thing of it and does the whole yeast cell thing and all these other giant nerdy words that she (laughs) kind of likes throwing around but a majority of it also is just kind of getting in here and it's like i want to try this or i want to try that and so i have a one barrel system over on the side that it's a we pull 31 gallons out of that and so if we do a batch we'll get two kegs of it that's a little bit easier to make go away if something right. doesn't come out just right, then a 200-plus gallon batch. Right. So it's a little bit easier to pallet. But oddly enough, we've been pretty lucky. I know I'm tapping no. on 
knocking on the wood knocking table. Knocking on her table. But yeah, we've been super lucky so far uh, as far as trying out new brews, new recipes, new ideas. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I'm at 13 beers right now on the wall. And so we've, we've had really good luck with it. Excellent. Now, you mentioned about, you know, you have a smaller barrel to do the test. What are some of the, what's probably the wildest concoction you've ever tried? Um, I have a smoked beer on right now. We do a honey lavender beer. We have a brown ale that's a chai mixture. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to Starbucks and get the chai tea, that's basically what this is. Um, man, I'm trying to think of some of those. I do a jalapeno beer. We do a Christmas beer. It's Ralphie's Red Rider. Um, and so it's a whole lot of little things like that. We're working. It's not quite public yet, but we're working with a good friend of ours and doing a, um, a Vietnam era beer to honor her dad. And so we're going to do a, um, Imperial stout that's made with Vietnamese coffee. Really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So I have had coffee, um, uh, I guess you might say coffee-infused beer one time. And uh, I've tried a few of them in some of these weird little breweries down in, uh, when I go to San Diego, I'd go fishing, and there was, I've tried lemon beer mm-hmm. and, and everything like that. But uh, at least you didn't mention pumpkin spice. That would. Uh, well, that's in there, too. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, there it is. There's the and interview that's right the there. That's the wrap. That's the wrap. Don't tell my wife. She'll we just got to we got to keep everybody happy. I know, so I we know. have a pumpkin beer we call um, Jill a Lantern. Oh, there you go. Um, Good name. And so we we do that once a year, and we do one one barrel of it, and that's it. <laughs> so we have a lot of beers. It's kind of split halfway down the middle to where I'll have six or seven beers to where we do on the big system to where we have a ton of it, mm-hmm. and then I'll have five or six or seven beers on the small system. And that's two kegs. And so when we're out, you're we're out. out. Yeah. And so it's a lot of those are, they've gained a lot more traction than I expected. And so some of those beers, I'm having people come in and say, hey, where's this white stout that you brew with the coffee? Where's this yeah. um, this black IPA that you do? And so I was like, well, mm, give, <laughs> give me a few weeks and I'll have another one. I, I imagine that, you know, once you get the recipe, you're, you're going off there. Is there a little... Uh, between those custom batches is would you say the consistency is 100 percent, or there's always a i got i can imagine there's a little bit of variance because you're dealing with things that are out of your control how the yeast was mm-hmm. reacting and how the what your wife would tell me of you know the, the science of it all and all the how nerdy does that all the nerdy stuff yeah. um and so yeah i mean to that point it's like your entire goal is consistency but i'm kind of taking a step back from that and the craft side of it is not going to be a hundred percent consistent you're going to have a couple of degrees difference on the water you're going to have possibly a different crop year for your hops your grain may be this versus that and so it's you're always going to have these little bitty differences in there but for the most part it's not going to be anything that's going to be black and white or night and day it's going to be oh okay yeah that's that it's close enough to where you know it, and it's super close. And it's those of us that have been sitting here brewing it for eight or nine years. It's like, oh, I get this flavor versus this flavor. And I've talked to people here in the bar, and they're like, you, I have no idea what you're even talking about. So it's like, <laughs> it's okay. Good. Yeah, it's perfect then. Yeah, yeah we've done our job. <laughs> well, I, I imagine it's like when you go to a, a restaurant and a particular chef makes one of your favorite dishes. It's always going to be a little different because mm-hmm. you, put a, you put a lot of love. Your fingerprints are all over that meal or their their fingerprints are on that meal your fingerprints mm-hmm. are on this beer and i think that's part of it that makes it very unique when somebody's you know looking after they, they find a beer that they like like i've i can't even tell you how many of these irish reds i've had i, mm-hmm. I really enjoy it and usually i don't like a dark beer and it doesn't drink like a dark it beer. it does not yeah and uh it is it's very good and i'm i've only downloaded i finished the dirty fro line is that yes. how it was yes so we're gonna try some red here but, I mean, to that point, we're not a, leaving names out of it, we're not a chain drive through to where every single one that you go to across the nation is going to taste exactly the same. They, breweries have done this to where, you mentioned Sierra Nevada earlier, they, they did a beer called Resilience years ago whenever they had all the California wildfires. And so what they did is they posted that recipe 
for any brewery across the U.S. could brew that beer. And so that's all they asked is that you contribute back to California. But you have these hundreds of different breweries brewing the, quote, exact same beer. But once you look at different locales and different water profiles and different hop crops, no two are exactly alike. It's the same thing that we've gotten into. And we found out of a brewery out of Ukraine called Pravda Brewing. And so they've posted five of their biggest beers. And so all their request is, is that anybody can brew it. You can sell it. You can serve it in. All they request is that you contribute back yeah. to the Ukrainian war effort. Excellent. And not trying to bring politics into yeah. it. That's just a really cool twist yeah. on a beer. And it's something that's totally different than we have tried Excellent. before. And so we've got one of those in fermentation right now that I have very high hopes for. Excellent. So from from the time you start, um, let's let's real quickly talk about the process. You have your ingredients, and you're not using a rice. I'm looking at your jar over there. You've got uh, one, two, three, four ingredients. Mm-hmm. Add water, so five. Or is there four in there? It's four. There's four. So from the time you start your mix to the time you it's ready for tap, what's what typical is a, as a timeline? There's two pretty distinct types of beer. There's a lager and there's an ale. Mm-hmm. And so an ale that we go through, so this is what you're drinking right now is an ale. Mm-hmm. Um, like an Irish, an Irish ale, a typical IPA, those don't take very long to make. We'll cook it in a day. We'll get it in a fermenter and let it do its thing. And it'll honestly stay in the fermenter for probably three weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then we'll move it over, move it into the cooler, put it on a serving tank. We'll carbonate it and ready really in about four weeks. Wow. Okay. A lot longer than I thought. So the other one, a lager, which the Dirty Frau line, we do a crossroads lager. Those take roughly three months to make. Mm. And that's more of like the mainstream beers, like the Miller Lite, the Bud Light, the Coors Light, which a lot of people, I mean, you get a lot of traffic coming in. It's like, what's the lightest thing you have? Or we'll go through whenever we have somebody come in and sit down. One of our first questions is like, well, what do you normally drink? And then we can kind of help guide in that direction. Like, oh, Michelob Ultra or Miller Lite. (laughs) And so it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get you this while you look at the menu um, and so the, you can kind of start the on that. that. want their steaks well done, I think. Oh, my. Oh, don't get me started on that. Okay, now this is my turn. Okay, we're <laughs> done. <right>. Thanks. <laughs> well, you have boards back there, and I've seen that where you have, I don't know how many samples are on there, but four, six samples on there. Mm-hmm. So if people want to get a, an idea of the different brews, they bring out, I don't know what you call it, the board. Yeah, it's and a flight. And there's like the size glasses, which is probably what a... It's a five ounce. Yeah, four or five ounce you know, mm-hmm. glass so they get a, a good sampling of, so if they're, they don't want to get a, a, a full mug of a dark beer, I'm going to try it. You know, stick, right. stick your toe in it. You may find that you're a dark beer drinker. And also it's, I mean, yeah, the flights are a good way to get into it, but the, and the flights are a good way to kind of go down the line and take all of them in. But it's also one of those things to where if you come in and you're like, I've heard about this, I'm not quite sure about it. We'll pour a little bit up and let you yeah. taste it and see what you think. It's, I'm not going to hold you over a barrel and just kind of immediately serve you a 16 or a 33-ounce beer. And that's, that's only Saturdays. Or any other day that any ends in Y. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly what you did to me. I think you, you, Easy. you introduced me to, you'd ask me what kind of beer, and I think I told you, yeah, I'm not a big beer drinker, and you gave me, I think it was the Irish was the first one, and then you get you let me try the smoke, uh, the smoky one, smoked porter, mm-hmm. which was very unusual. And it's it's one of the ones that the smell you can smell the smoky. To me, I kept smelling a sweet. Yeah, and you know it's like weird. Then you taste it, and you could just get the you know because your nose gets the smoke. You don't taste the smoke. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's in it's in your nose, so it, you know it messes with your mind. But it was a good beer. And yeah, I uh, love it. I've I came up with that one years ago. It's called the Immortal Thirty Two, mm-hmm. which was oddly it's a weird story. We were down in South Texas and kept seeing these signs for Immortal Thirty Two. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is this? And so we we found out that it's like during the fall of the Alamo, they were searching for any help they could get. Mm-hmm. And so you had the Gonzales Rangers come out of Gonzales, which was twenty three riders. They grouped up with nine others, and so those guys were nicknamed the Immortal 32. 32. They fought their way into the Alamo. Neat story. Um, And so we found a list of the names, the ages, the ranks of everybody, 
And so I looked at beers that were prevalent in South Texas in that time frame, and it was a porter. And really, nothing's more Texas than smoke. Right. And so we decided to do a smoked porter. Um, Excellent. And so it's that's one of mine that it's kind of a specialty beer, and I'll make it once in a while. And but I get a ton of people coming in and asking me, it's like, when are you going to put that damn beer back on? <laughs> I mean, just the story alone, you know, just I think is going to entice people to say, hell yeah, let's 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 yeah. drink history. Yeah. You know, by name and by you know what they drank back then. But what a great story for it. And I try and keep a story behind a lot of them. And Granted, not all of them have it, but I, I do what I can to at least create a story. And not to sidetrack, but that's the whole idea of a tap room versus a bar. Mm-hmm. A tap room is to create conversation, it's to create relationships, it's to create friendships that you talk to people you normally wouldn't talk mm-hmm. to. It's I'm sure you've been in here sitting down, and it's you end up talking to people across yep. the bar or next to you that you Absolutely. wouldn't normally... It's not a place that you go to to forget your day or forget yeah. your workplace or forget your family. It's You stop in, you have a couple of beers. and I mean, not to get into numbers or anything, our average tab is not like $40, $50, $60 $60 to where a normal bar, when you're going in, mm-hmm. shot after yeah. shot after shot and drinks, and then you kind of do the one-eyed drive home just so you have to, <laughs> so you can deal with life. This is, you come in, you have a couple of beers, you talk to some people that you've never talked to before, and you just kind of enjoy it. You listen to a little bit of music, watch some weird TV that yep. we've got on, and then just call it a day. Yeah, I mean, you you, you mentioned you know the the, the atmosphere here uh, behind me. There's a, a shelf of games. Um, you know, there's board games and card games, and I have seen families come in here at the table uh, throughout the week. You have a selection of food. Not that you are making food here, but you have some local food artisans that are making sandwiches, uh, charcuterie boards. Correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is great, but I mean, literally, your family's in here. What do you think of a bar? You're not going to bring kids in here. There's kids at the table. Yeah, uh, you've got Absolutely. some craft, uh, some local. Uh, was it Dublin? Some of the Dublin. We have soda all pops. The, yeah. Well, not all, but yeah, we have a whole selection of the Dublin drinks. Yeah. Um, we have a couple of sandwiches. Like say, we have the charcuterie boards. We have some salads. On Saturdays, we're pulling in food trucks mm-hmm. just to kind of keep it, keep people entertained. Filipino food truck was here <laughs> last Saturday. Right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Now I've I've been to the Philippines and I love uh, Filipino food, but you've had all sorts of different food trucks that park out there. And, and I was impressed because they actually did a um, a German twist on one since we had our North Oktoberfest, and so I was I was pretty excited that they did a a, a bacon wrapped bratwurst. Wow! Yeah, you you were in your later hosen. I was. You had the Frau line. You had another gentleman here behind the bar in your later hosen. You had it yeah. all done up. Yeah, we tried to do a little bit, and it's made it hard to bend over in those leather pants, <laughs> <laughs> which nobody enjoyed seeing that. <laughs> but no, it's like I said, it's and then on Friday and Saturday you uh, bring in artists up here, and mm-hmm. uh, they're over there on the stage, and so people got live music. Right, um, it's just not background. I mean, you got you know some quality artists that are coming in. Yeah, we've we really lucked out um, on the lady that we've got booking us. Um, she knows the scene. She knows. A million artists. She's been around it forever and a day. Yeah, she she's you know she's been around. Yeah. She knows the music. <laughs> Who's that guy? Who's that old guy? She's married to Tommy um, Tommy Alverson. Yeah, yeah, rhymes rhymes with Palverson. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but Amy does a great job. Yeah, you just brought some. She a, does amazing. an incredible job, yeah. and and it's not one of those to where it's the loud and obnoxious. No. Which, I mean, I I toured for. A number of years back in the day and so I've kind of done that whole club scene and band scene and so I can't talk bad about it but I'm old now and so <laughs> coming in here and you have one or two people playing acoustic guitar and right. singing and it's like it's kind of refreshing to come in here and do this and have be able to have a drink and a conversation and it I mean granted those others they have their place and I loved them and I wouldn't change a thing but there was no talking to anybody. You right. go and you watch the band, and then you go home, and it's like your Still ears are ringing. ringing. Yeah, for about two days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is we just kind of keep it. We keep it easy. Mm-hmm. We keep it light. Um, we we really didn't spare anything um, as far as the sound system. We really tried to make it top notch. And so I've had a couple of people say we've that's the best sound system yeah. in the entire town. Oh yeah. And it's easy. I I carried way too much equipment back in the day, and so we. We keep it super easy. To, it's basically a plug and play for the artist. 
but yeah, we have solo people come through. We have duos come through and um, everybody loves it. The, the people that come in and play love it. Mm-hmm. And also the people that are out here and they're having a beer and watching them. They love it as well. It's not just, it's not overbearing. Yeah. And then you added something um, just recently. You got uh, comedy night. <laughs> we do. And I've heard that's been just a slam bang, tremendous hit. We had one round of comedy so far and I was blown away by the number of people that we had in here. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, you're waking up a community that needed to be woken up. It had been forgotten about um, and had really, in a lot of areas, fallen into disrepair, um, not just physically, but, you know, I think, you know, even if you want to call it spiritually, they, people just felt defeated. Few people forgot about mineral wells. And uh, unfortunately, it, and there's, it had some areas um, that were uh, not good. And everything's cleaning up, and people are t- really taking pride. Like mm-hmm. right on the corner here, new dog parks coming. Right. Um, yeah. We've got the uh, Crazy Water Festival coming up here in uh, just a couple. What? Just yeah, we're two, super excited weeks. about that one. And uh, we're, we'll talk about that a little bit. A lot of great things are happening here, and uh, I'm really excited to see what's going on. And you right here in the lobby of the Crazy Water Hotel is just I mean, <laughs> perfect. It is just perfect. It's. Yeah, it's a little bit ridiculous. If you've never, you know, and people have been, I haven't been there, you know, take the drive out to Mineral Wells. It's just a, it's just a cool spot. It really is. Yeah. And, and we have a lot of people that come in and like, well, we had no idea there was a brewery here. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's crazy because that's all we do is social media. <laughs> it's on the, it's on the sign. Um, it's in the name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, it's like, we're, we're really pushing events and just trying to do things just to get people out of the house get them in here, have a beer. Um, we do the comedy nights, we do the music, we do trivia nights, which apparently that used to be a huge deal around here in town, which I didn't know that, and somebody dropped that, and so Excellent. we did that. And so we we sit and have our fair share of arguments of what we want to try and what we don't want to try, and then we're like, <laughs> okay, just we're going to suck it up and try one. And the interpreter see. dance uh, night, I think, got canceled. So I know, you told me you were busy. I, yeah, I had to get the cat baptized, so yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> We can only do so much. We, have, we still have time, though. <laughs> we, well, I don't know. I might have to get another cat. So what, or, or a few more of those Irish Reds. <laughs> Several more of those. <laughs> but you mentioned it earlier, and just cap it off, you meant, where I was sitting at the bar right over here, and the couple next to me, it was uh, a lady that was celebrating her anniversary. I never met her husband. She was off talk- he was off talking with somebody else, so I'm talking so, to her. So they were doing their anniversary, they and they were not together. Thing. And they were playing quarters. Oh, okay. And then I said, well, you know, you got to try it with a half dollar. She opens her purse, pulls out a half dollar, and they're, they're doing into the, into the steins and the different glasses and everything. And we just start talking. You know, she's, she's, she's a nurse. My wife's a nurse. We start talking about. So I've done my job. We have, you have done your job. <laughs> and I've sat next to people and just struck up conversations uh-huh. and met some really interesting people. And uh, that's, I think that's what an establishment like this is supposed to do is right. bring the community back together. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's also, we'll bring community back together, but it's kind of 50-50 on people that we have staying here in the hotel that just stumble upon the brewery, or you have our locals in here. And so we're we're really crossing people over, and it's not all locals that we have in here. I mean, we have our fair share of regulars, but there's also a, a big number of, like, oh, I never knew this was here, or I'm staying upstairs, yeah. and I heard there was a brewery. And so we're... We get a whole lot of like first timers and hopefully not last timers, but it's a lot of people passing through and it's like, well, I saw you were here, so I just had to stop. That's awesome. You know, like it's just bringing people back into this, into this community again, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Well, especially after the last couple of years. Oh yeah. This is 2020, 2021. <laughs> we don't have to talk in depth about that, but yeah. <laughs> I'm a drink. That's a good plan. Let's launch it. So you're in the hotel. They claim to be haunted. Talk to the uh, girls up at the front desk, and they've heard and seen things. You got any ghost stories for uh, the brewery? Unfortunately, I don't. I wish we did. Get up. Um, At first, we kept hearing. At first, we kept hearing some things like some metal clinking around and different stuff like that. And so we got all excited. It's like, hey, yay, we yeah, have a ghost. We got a ghost. Um, 
But then we debunked it. We found out exactly what it was. So it kind of like took the air out of the sails a little bit. Uh. Um, but it's interesting going down because we have a whole lot of stuff down in the basement mm-hmm. of the hotel. And it's fun because there's actually, thank you, Robbie. Um, there's, would you like a refill? I will. Rob, by the way, Robbie, great job um, manning the bar you know, on uh, last Saturday, you did a fantastic job, and I was here. What was that? I was here yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday, talking to Carol. And Robbie is the spearhead of the comedy night. Yes, he is. He he has told me about that, and I was talking. He to tells Jason everybody about Crazy that. Eight, and then, <laughs> fabulous job. I appreciate so. it. Thank you. Hope to get everybody else back coming in next Monday. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good job. Um, what did we drink? Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting. We have a lot of stuff of ours down in the basement that hasn't been renovated yet. Mm-hmm. And so there's actually a mannequin head down there. Oh, there you go. And so as we're walking around, going through and doing your stuff, or you're kind of exploring, they move this mannequin head around. <laughs> and so there's no telling what you're going to find or where you're going to find it. Um, but yeah, it's a little creepy to go downstairs every once in a while. I've heard of two different, whether it's a ghost or whatever, two different stories from down there. But the, the building has just, the history of this building is just amazing. Yeah. Um, this whole, really, this whole community, this street by itself. Thank you, sir. I mean, you know, with the history of the Crazy Water, uh, the storefronts over there. We do then where we do our show over there, Crazy Eights. I mean, all those were the old bathhouses uh, mm-hmm. built back in the you know, what forties. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, just great architecture, right? You know, no straight lines on the bricks. They're all this wavy. Brick. Oh yeah, it was all hand, you know, handmade bricks, handmade walls. I mean, just it's craftsmanship to the best and this hotel was built in 1915 mm-hmm. burned in 25 rebuilt in 27 wow um <laughs> and so they say now this new structure oddly enough i mean not trying to compare it to the pyramids or anything but they say oddly enough it's basically to the inch 200 feet corner to corner and nobody can understand why how they got it to that level of exactness i should say um but yeah i mean it's that's the longest tape measure they had <laughs> so they just stopped sorry that's it yeah um we make it bigger nope yeah i had one guy telling me a story that um that i need to do a shoeless joe jackson beer i was like sir you have had too much to drink <laughs> and i kind of played it off and he goes no the 1919 chicago white Sox came here i was like okay now you're on something else <laughs> And so we went round and round, and um, yeah, oddly enough, the White Sox were here for spring training in 1919. Get out of here. And so up on this, and it's radio, you can't see, I'm pointing at this hill behind us, there's a picture of all of them back here on this hill with the original Crazy Water Hotel behind them. Really? Um, Wow. And that was the year that they threw the series, and so they were the Chicago Black Sox. And so there's a whole lot of, like, interesting little history and little stories about this town and i mean not specifically about this building um but yeah everything here in town it's they're kind of a lot of fun little stories like that i mean legend it doesn't have necessarily have to be true and it's not lying it's just embellishment oh yeah yeah right you know yeah <laughs> i had some, we had some friends here so we're pointing up on we're up on the uh on the deck here and we're pointing out yeah over there that's where the calvary uh did their last stand it's a, the flat mountaintop <laughs> over here you know they were stuck up there and this is you know this tribe did this and you know they, they rushed from the alamo and i had people like really I'm like oh yeah just as long as you can go stone face and then you gotta yeah. throw in the fact about the welcome sign is what inspired the hollywood sign mm-hmm. i've people, heard that and then they google that and they went oh that's true so everything michael's telling me must be true yeah yeah well just makes a good story <laughs> and that chris christopherson was stationed here really mm-hmm. nope nobody seems to know that and so I've, i did not know that see that's that's the one that's my one artist that i have a man crush on yeah and i got to meet him uh, at a at a festival a couple years back but uh, even some of our artists that were in the army at the base over there would go qualify at the uh, at the paper target for their m16s mm-hmm. and uh, uh i met one gentleman that was actually here at the bar over here pointing to the bar it's radio. Uh, helicopter pilot that yep. he trained over there. That's what it's known and, for. Uh, and my dad, he worked for 3M Company for 30 years. He remembers coming out here and doing things um, er, in the early years, you know, post-Korean War. He was a Korean War vet, but came out here for uh, that company, you know, selling them products from 3M Company. And he's just middle of nowhere. 
Right. It really was. You you would leave Austin, and you know land at the airport there and uh, drive. And, you know, my dad would say drive for hours. You know, well, <laughs> or from no, Austin, DFW, yeah, from DFW. Sorry, oh, okay. DFW. Uh, land over there in Love Field and then drive drive up here. Yeah, that's a haul. Yeah, and uh, you know it's really not that long, but back in the day, I guess you know cars didn't go as fast. <laughs> I'm guessing. You didn't have your cell phone to watch while you're on everything, your way. Everything was in black and white, too. So. <laughs> How'd they see stop signs? <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's talk about your story. Okay. So uh, you That's mentioned scary. about touring memory. So let's talk about, let, let's start uh, post-high school. Okay. What were you, coming out of high school, what were your aspirations, what were your <laughs> dreams? Where, what road were you going down to? Um, high school, I was 100% military. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my, that's my goal. That was the only thing I was driving for. That was, that was the only option really, um, did four years of high school ROTC. Mm-hmm. And so that was the unfun part, left high school or finished high school, went to college and ended up doing, um, college ROTC, which was the fun part. Mm-hmm. Went to Southwest Texas, which I don't know that anybody actually finished a degree at Southwest Texas while it was Southwest Texas. You went to Texas State. Um, so that was the party school, but I didn't drink mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I think I was probably the only one out of about 22,000 people that didn't drink. And so that was still my goal. Like hardcore was going into the military, going into take care of all that, and um, <clears throat> ended up coming home kind of got sidetracked a little bit and hooked up with some friends in a local band and ended up touring with them for and that's back to one of those um one night tour you have a few too many right ended up working as a road manager and guitar tech for a band for the next five years which band um their name was quick serve johnny but we were on the same record label as Deep Blue Something, as the Nixons. We did a lot with, um, what was it, Tabula Rasa and Tripping Daisy and just kind of back in, in the mid-90s with the Dallas music right. scene, um, Toadies. And um, so it was, it was one of those super fun times, just getting in and just meeting everybody and just hanging out with everybody. At the same time, I, I ended up working for two, for two Dallas radio stations um, and had an incredible time then just again just meeting people and meeting bands and going to some ridiculous shows and um and so it's i kind of got to see that side of it and it wasn't my original goal and i wouldn't trade that time for anything but i kind of got it out of my system and was able to kind of like okay we lived that part (laughs) now what's next and so yeah um did that until early 2000s and then did the whole okay it's time to grow up and get a job thing and so did the corporate thing and kids and marriage and so we skipped over why not the military was just the 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 band the music just took you off that path or it Um, just was it just you just your focus was different in life at that time. Well, I had a bad experience we would go out and it's an FTX which is a field training exercise and this was 93 and so we're out and i of course kind of i enjoyed the challenge and so i was on the ranger team and so we enjoyed the op four the opposing forces Mm -hmm. portion so we were always the bad guys we were the guys (laughs) that got to run around and have fun and basically just raise hell and just kind of wreak havoc on everything but there was one midnight patrol that we were on and it it still rings it just like it was yesterday we were in this little patrol base and all of us were laying on our m16s trying to stay awake and it was probably two in the morning and all of the seniors of our group were literally standing up and arguing and pointing opposite directions on which way we had to go oh and so the instructors would step in and use some choice words with them and tell them to get their S together and just, okay, it's time to kind of yeah. get it going. Right. And so they did that three different times. Mm-hmm. And the last time the senior, the instructors stepped in and go, if you do this again, we have to get up and move 
everybody at least two kilometers away mm -hmm. because you've compromised your position. Oh. And so we've like, and so we're all laying in this outer ring like, okay, come on now. Yeah. And it happened again. And so I'll never forget old Sergeant Andrade walked in there and I just hear him yell, everybody up. And, oh, geez. And so you have to ruck up, you have to get your weapons on you. And you, we walked another two kilometers and it's probably... Yeah, and um, because there was there was the lack of leadership. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that was my thought. Is like, okay, so I'm, I'm looking to do this as a career, as really just a life, and I have this one instance where these two people can't agree on a direction, and they're my seniors now. They're going to be my seniors when I join, and yeah. somebody's going to get killed. Yeah. And so they couldn't even make a decision then when we're not under fire. We're not in an enemy situation. We're merely in some ranch in South Texas. And it's like, what's it going to be like whenever it's real? And so that was the one instance where it's like, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to do something I shouldn't do. I'm going to say something I shouldn't say. And so that's when it was like, maybe I need to kind of take a step back. Got it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You and I had a similar path. I spent 14 years in the entertainment industry as a lighting director, lighting designer, gaffer, electrician. For That's how I started, television. working lights. Yeah, television. <laughs> Tele high school. I got to run a follow spot. I thought yeah. that was the coolest thing in the world. They went, hey, you want to run the lighting board? Oh, yeah, all, all 24 channels of it. That yeah, I know awesome. how to do that. I'm shaking and my head no. I started working you know, um, community theater, college theater. Started actually as a, a theater arts major in college. Uh, ended up traveling uh, for nearly well, 13 and a half years on the road doing television, motion picture, a lot of bands, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of music videos for those bands. So, yeah, I mean, there's, yes, you know, people like, well, I've never seen your name on, on uh, the screen. You got to look really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or television shows. But I know. Uh, I think for all I did, I think there were two albums I had my name in the liner notes. And so that was like, that's fine. For yeah. what I did, you're not going to see us. You're not going to hear about us. I'm yep. the... I'm the guy who's the jerk over on the side telling them what to do and telling other people what to do. And it was just, yeah. but it was fun. I met, I, I've made it into two albums and uh, one artwork. Nice. My, my initials, yeah. yeah. And uh, we did something with Oingo Boingo. So only oh, people, wow. yeah, so you, that wow. fact that you know them, I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people like, I've never heard of them. Well, Danny Elfman's also written, what, for Beetlejuice, Batman, The Simpsons. Simpsons, right. Steve Bartek, also another great composer. But yeah, yeah 14 years, finally, I just had to, had to back out of that. It's, it's, a, it's a young man, young single man's job. It is. And, I had uh, one lyric on an album whenever they were, they were pulling us in, trying to just to do lyrics on one song, and so I had one line. And so that was my win. I do a little. <laughs> Co-write. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, so the youthful... Touring, the craziness, mm -hmm. the army, uh, you went to college, the family, uh, you, you've established this. You talk about leadership um, when you're not here, compliment to you and to your staff, the the bar is handled, I hate calling it a bar. That's it's fine, not. it's a tap room. The tap room, thank you. Yeah, I'll the let you slide. The, ta <laughs> the tap room is handled very well. You've thank you. You've got a great staff over here. They are most helpful. Um, when people are like, yeah, I don't know what I want. You know, they're suggesting. They are asking people, mm -hmm. what do you like? You know, what have you drunk before? Um, and, I, and I think that's part of it going into a tap room, and you talked about it earlier, is you want this to be an experience. You just don't want to come in and, I always drink this. And here I am drinking. I <laughs> yeah. Who am I to say? Yeah, we push people to try new things, and here you are. <laughs> it's good. I did try the Dirty Frawn. I did try another one. Um, did you did sample me that uh, the smoky smoked one. yeah um, the immortal but I I really like the fact that you ask people hey let's try something different are you willing to try something different mm -hmm. yeah because you look down what they normally drink and then you can you can veer a little bit I mean if if they come in and say oh I hate IPAs but I like this I'm not gonna say hey so try this IPA then I mean yeah it's like oh so you That's hate that different. so let's automatically do it yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's like Brussels sprouts, but you haven't tried the way I make them. Yeah, right. I know. They're still Brussels sprouts. When everybody says that, oh, well, I don't like beer, I just tell them, well, you haven't had the right beer then. Right. Um, but yeah, I, we really worked to get our staff together and get the right people in the right positions. And I mean, I'm not going to say that it's all 100% smooth. I mean, it's we still have our issues. We still have things that go on. But I mean, that's in any that's job. Life. That's life. Yeah, but it's also the way I'm going to run it is I don't want to get complacent and you don't want 
It's something I learned a long time ago with, with relationships, with jobs. As soon as you get comfortable, then you're not really striving to do anything. Right. Um, and so, I mean, not being a complete jerk about it, but it's like, okay, so if I come in and not everything is done just right, I'm not coming in and swinging a bat, but I'm at least pointing that out. Yeah. It's like, okay, we need, to, we need to work on this. We need to better ourselves because we can do it. And I know we can. I've seen it. And so we just kind of work in that direction and let everybody get better at what they do. And I know this isn't going to be a career for everybody here. That's, I'm not that delusional. And so my goal is to maybe they can come here and get enough experience here as, as bar staff or a brewer or just kind of will transition over to a brewer position, trans over, transition over into a number of things. And that's just resume. Yeah for them and so that's given them stepping stones to be able to go on and do something better i know they don't want to work for me forever i don't <laughs> it, want to work for it's me a, forever it's a good step you know I, i've always learned and and believe that you know the I, I like to work for leaders not bosses that a good leader trains me to take their position so you know are they going to start their own tap room maybe maybe not but yeah. maybe the experience that they gain here goes on to what they do something right and and that's just a credit to you so You've opened up uh, Rick House Brewing. A lot of people think, how come you're, but who's Rick? How many people come in and ask for Rick? But, well, a lot uh, of people come in and ask me if I'm Rick. Are you Rick? <laughs> sure. No. But Rick House, um, and my understanding, is the, the bourbon building. guy. Yeah, thank you. The building, <laughs> the shed, the barn, uh, typically is where you store the kegs as they age. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you've named it Rick House. Is there, what's, what's on your mind for the future? So, like, tomorrow or this weekend or <laughs> what? Yeah, tomorrow um, you're leaving. You're going to head out of town. Yeah, we got to go yeah. to Austin. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so we've, we've put together a few plans as far as a few years down the road, and maybe we'll get, I don't know, we'll kind of see where this goes. This is my first endeavor into a brewery and kind of seeing what's happening. And so we'll kind of... We may eventually look at a larger facility to do a larger production brewery. Maybe we'll have a tap room in there, but Mm -hmm. this anchor here in this corner of the hotel, I don't want to get away from this. This is is a perfect spot. I mean, as as we look around on radio here, (laughs) um, I'd venture to say this is, would you guess, 90% windows? Yes. And the entrance um, on, uh, on Oak is this long hallway so is it, it, it's quirky it's not your mm-hmm. normal entrance to your hotel yeah normally you walk right into the lobby you walk in there's this long hallway up a few and steps that's over here and or you walk yeah well the one right behind us mm-hmm. or this one over here um but yeah you're absolutely right even on the on behind the uh the uh the kettles there's windows back there to the yeah i've got a 13 lobby. foot pane window behind the boil yeah. pet boil kettles okay. and you've got tables chair that's part of mm-hmm. that's part of rick house back there right so when you had some uh, over the, the overflow, people want to gather out there. And I came in one night; it was full out there. It was full in here. Yeah, we got in a little bit of trouble. We had <laughs> we had a, a birthday party, and they told me they were going to have I want to say seventy five people. And when I came in, there were about two hundred. <laughs> so I was like, mm, okay, a little bit more. Yeah, we'll we'll make it happen. Everyone brought um, a plus one, right? Yeah, but. I mean, it's, we love the the position. It's like, I mean, uh, the windows make it. It kind of made it a little difficult as far as what to put on the walls. Right. Um, and so we've, well, we've it, tried to make it count what we hung up. It, it helps the fact, you know, I'm looking around. You've got uh, something from SEAL Team 3, I think is that picture right there. It is. You've got an American flag uh, framed in a shadow box up there that actually flew. Um in, was it in, in what they call in-country or in... Downrange. Downrange, mm-hmm. in combat. Yeah. yeah, the American flag was... Um, it ran with SFODA 1216 and a Sergeant First Class, Dustin Ard, who was actually killed in action. And so that plaque is on the column over on the far side. And then I have a friend of mine, Wink, who was... He retired out of the teams, but SEAL Team 3 is this plaque, and that's the Texas flag that he carried with him every time he was outside the wire um, downrange. And so it's even though I didn't go into the military, we've kept that as a core, core requirement um, for something that we need to support and play along with. Yeah, up here on the light, 
You've got <laughs> not their actual dog tag, but you had some dog tags made. Um, if I recall, that was... was that a was a very tough day. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, yeah, I bet. I bet. I we did a laugh, Memorial Day yeah. ceremony. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Like, yeah, it's, it, very we can laugh day. now. Yeah. We have a, um, a preacher or a father here in town who is a naval chaplain attached to a Marine unit. Mm-hmm. And so he came in and we started working with him and talking it up and asking him about doing a Memorial Day celebration. And he was 100% on board. And so we got the VFW in here to help us out. We had him on board with us. And so we built a battlefield cross and he came in, did a blessing on the cross and did a blessing for the families. And it got down to the point eventually to where for the month before, we put blank dog tags out to where it's, we said, if you've lost anybody in combat, you can come write names down and we'll include it in the ceremony. And so it was rough. It came down to that point in the ceremony. And I think there were four or five of us. I don't remember how many, but we actually read all of the dog tags. Mm -hmm. And so some of those were a group that I had hosted a, um, a reunion for from the 101st Airborne. They had lost some gentlemen on a deployment, and then our the pastor here he had lost some guys, and so everybody was everybody was super close to a majority of those, and so it was not a fun experience. But it was one of those things that we just felt like we needed to yeah. do, and after we did it, it was it was worth every minute of it just to kind of just to pay respects, and so. Yeah, to your point, all those tags are on that light, and we're already planning for next year's Memorial Day, and so we'll just keep branching those out and just Excellent. keep adding tags to lights and yeah, go been, from there. I've been to some of those memorials where it's uh, it's heavy at first, but then at the end it, it is laughter because, you know, you celebrate that person's life, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we, you start telling jokes and everything. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is very humbling, not serving in the military myself, uh, I don't think I ever could have. <laughs> no yeah. way I could have done that. <laughs> no way. I did, I did Boy Scouts. I'm an Eagle Scout as far as I got. And uh, be like, you should have done the military. I'm like, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. have done well at all. <laughs> yeah, it maybe was, the Coast Guard, maybe. but uh, It was very eye-opening, just the yeah. number of people we had in, just between the VFW. And oddly enough, it was people I'd never seen before. They just kind of stumbled in and... It was a very quiet day. We didn't have any music going on. We had the prayers going. And so we would have to flag them in. It's like, no, it's not a private party. You're more than yeah. welcome, but you got to know what you're coming yeah. into. Right. And so there was one gentleman in the corner, <clears throat> big, burly, buff guy. And, I mean, it's we kind of went through, and we read all the tags. And I came over to the, our, our preacher, and he said some choice words to me because I've I was lucky enough I broke him um, <laughs> and drew a few tears. But my wife pointed out that this gentleman in the corner was, I mean, completely broken down yeah. um, just from the experience. And I'm assuming that he mm. had been in or had friends that were part of it. And so I just went over and I hugged him and told him, he's, we're all family here today. And so it's, he's amongst friends. Yeah. And so we kind of comforted and shook hands and never seen him again. But it's like one of those things where I at least hope that, we kind of made an impact, yeah. and who knows? Maybe we'll see him next Memorial Day. I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Sometimes I tell people, you know, the military. Rhonda and Taylor host for us both uh, their Army and Air Force. Uh, jokes will be told later. <laughs> well, for love, Air Force, at least. love you, Rhonda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she knows. She knows. Um, but a lot of people, you know, the, the proverbial. Oh, thank you for your service. Um, I've learned to say not only that, but mm-hmm. to ask them, you know, who they are. Uh, right, because and try to remember that name because so many of them, um, and I have dealt. Um, my father was in the Korean War, and I knew some of his friends. Dad never talked about the Korean War except uh, he was in the Philippines. And it was hot. It was cold. It was this. Well, and they were trained, and not to, not to sound bad, they were trained to suppress that. They weren't supposed yeah. to come back and burden their family, especially their kids. They're, I mean, and so that was something that came up through the years, and it's. That's why the guys have such a hard time with it today is because they're trained to go over and do a job. And when they're done, there's like a 36 or 48 hour out processing process per se, where it's like, okay, you're free to go. Bye. It's you unplug. mm -hmm. You just ran a marathon. Now go sit. Yeah. And so that was, 
So I, we do, a, my wife and I do a veterans nonprofit, and that was our entire goal is to go in and just help. We'll bring these guys back together. We'll just get fellowship. We'll just get them talking. We'll just create conversation. And so we hosted a group of the guys, um, like I was saying, from the 101st, and we were lucky enough to get 14 out of the 25 in, and they all brought families. And it was one of those moments where I told them initially I wasn't going to go. It's not my place. I wasn't with you. Mm-hmm. And I got into a, a pretty heated argument with their um, platoon sergeant. And, um, and so we, we ended up going, and it was just one of those initial moments when the guys would walk up. Some of them hadn't seen each other for 10 years right. since their deployment. And so it was, it was a very, very moving experience and entire weekend um, just to kind of see them and hear that and just – in my eye, just being on the outside, just being a part of that. So it was a very valuable weekend. You mentioned that I was asked to uh, MC a um, uh, an award ceremony, if you will. It was a benefit uh, for veterans, and uh, they asked me to be on stage to do that. And then the gentleman, you know, as he was coming up, and they had, I'd seen pictures, and I know he was uh, he had. Uh, prosthetic arms I can see that in the picture but he comes up the stairs and he's prosthetic arms prosthetic legs I immediately stepped down from the stage I could not be on the stage with him people are like well that's rude no yeah I am it is the proverb I am not worthy yeah it's a respect thing it's not a I don't want to be next to this guy oh. or it's weird or he's weird or anything like that it's like I have no yeah. I have no right to be here yeah, with yeah. everything he's been through we, you know, when I say, you know, when there's a badass, that's what it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, they say, I just did my job. You did something <laughs> that I never could have done. And, uh, but it's interesting you say that because, you know, a lot of similar experiences where you just sit back there and I'm just in awe. I mean, yeah. really, this, when you say, yeah, this is the real life superhero and they'll tell you, no, no, I just did my job. And my, you know, the ones that really are the superheroes, the one that never came back. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought that part up because, as we talked about earlier uh, in our conversation is what you are doing for the community. You're just not opening up a business to make a profit. And that's part of it, but you are (laughs) profit, a brewery. Are you kidding me? Uh, (laughs) But you're bringing mineral wells together. The the veterans that are here, um, Mm -hmm. you have the community members are here, the guests at the crazy water hotel and elsewhere. You really have found um, what was that television show? Cheers. Right. Everyone went to Cheers, you know. Everybody's problem, need Norm. Problems were solved. People, I, I, one day I just do want to walk in, and I'll, I'll call ahead when they walk in, Michael! Yeah. And there'll be no one here to see that. Well, they call me Rick. <laughs> Rick, they'll call you Norm. That's it. Yeah. But, no, it, it, one thing that it is is you, you come in here in the evenings, and it's just it's a, it's a fun gathering place, and I'm glad you've done that for this community because, like I said, the community is waking up. The community is, has been in a coma. Mm-hmm. And Mineral Wells is really starting to come back. And yeah. I think you are really playing a major part in it. And coming up here in less than three weeks, what is it, the 47th annual? 47th, oh, I'd be lying if I festival. said, yeah. It's something like that, but it's it's the Crazy Water uh, Festival. Mm-hmm. It's uh, October 6th, 7th, and 8th. Second weekend in October. Mm-hmm. And uh, music, uh, car show, 5K, things for – it is – it's nuts. It's family. You want to, it's family friendly as family friendly can be, and still mm-hmm. have a great time. We got great music coming in there. We got a great car show. I know our neighbors are showing up here, and they got some awesome cars. Yeah. Um, there's the there's the food crawl or the pub crawl. What is it? The food there's crawl? a pub crawl that pub night. Crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the local restaurants, you go in there. Um, you're a, a great sponsor of them, so the beer is going to be flowing. The people are yeah, going to be here. And so that's what they're doing for the pub crawl or the crawl in general. And so anybody that plays along, and they're, they're kind of restricting it for this one because it's gotten a little out of hand. And so what they're doing is that any of the food or snacks have to be prepared with crazy water. Mm-hmm. And so the flip side of that is that drinks need to be prepared with crazy water. Ah. And so we do have an entire batch in right now and a fermenter that was made with crazy water. Um, and so that's our, our flying pig pale ale. But, yeah, we're, we're super excited about getting that out. We were, I mean, I still don't see how it happened, but we were lucky enough to 
do the draft beer for the Crazy Water Festival last year. It was just it was huge. I awesome. mean, just for to have a brand like that that's been around for that long and for us to kind of step in here and start a brewery and be so new and just so fresh in the scene and for them to be just welcoming and open to us contributing the beer. I was not, I mean, I've, I've met a lot of people. I was completely starstruck to where it's like, what? It's like, you guys want us to do what? And so it, we think it was a huge success last year. And so they, we were lucky enough for them to offer us to do it this year. And so, yeah, we're, we're so excited about it. And I've, we just tasted it today and it was fantastic. Um, Hats off to you for that. That's, I mean, that speaks highly of what you do for your community and very highly of your product as well. No, so. no, yeah. don't, don't shrug that off. Well, know? I mean, it's just like <laughs> we talked yeah, about. It's like, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do what I was asked to do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's just, I'm, hopefully we're putting out a good product and hopefully we're hosting a, a tap room that's responsible and like back to the family thing. And I'm not going to talk bad about anybody because every, every place has its place. I mean, I'm going to go to a bar. I'm going to go across the street to the restaurant over there and hang out and have, have a few bourbons mm-hmm. or down the street and like that. And so that's not really the place that I'm going to take the kids as right. much as this to where it's games and there's animals and stuff like that. Um, and so that's really what we're trying to host and create here is more of a family friendly environment to where you just come hang out and listen to some music or get some food truck or, and just kind of embrace everybody. Awesome. So food trucks come here, what, sat just uh, on Saturdays or Friday, Saturdays? Food trucks are normally on Saturdays. Okay. Uh, I got to find out if we have one coming this Saturday. Um, last Saturday, like you said, was the Filipino, Filipino food truck. Out of the park. Yeah. We, the park. we got lucky on that one. Um, and so we're trying to host those on Saturdays okay. just to Excellent. kind of have a little bit of extra something to do. Um, the, the restaurant here in the hotel is not going to open for another six months or so. And so we kind of like to have that just added option. Right. And we don't, we don't treat it like a, this is mine. Right. Um, you got to do this. Now, it's open to the, re- I mean, it's open to the, um, the hotel. It's open to anybody outside. Some people may have gotten the wrong idea in that we like to funnel them through here to place orders. But that was strictly a logistics thing because yeah. if you go up and place an order at a food truck and then, you're ordering food from in here. That's a whole lot of different directions of things coming from. And so we also figured this was a little more comfortable in here. If you come in and sit down, you can have a beer or you can just sit and play cards while you wait for your order rather than standing on the sidewalk. I was over there across the street, Crazy Eights, and uh, they had ordered some food truck uh, several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they brought it over there to eat. You know, they said, oh, yeah? try it. And I forget what it was, <laughs> but it was, uh, it, was, it was a barbecue. It was barbecue. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was several weeks ago. But, yeah, yeah they brought barbecue over there. So <laughs> even Jason's like, yeah, give it a shot. And see, that's, that's something that we're doing also is that we're really trying to push downtown. It's not me, me, me. Right. Come to the brewery. Come get a beer. It's, I, I have a stack of Crazy Eights menus over here. And so if anybody's in here and we don't have a food truck or we don't have our sandwiches, it's super easy that – We'll bring out the Crazy Eights menus, and we'll place an order. They'll either deliver it, or somebody will run over and get it. Or we're including um, the art studio down here and making all of our tap handles. Or cool. we're we're trying to we're trying to really create relationships with everybody down here in downtown, and really push that that everybody has their place. It's not it's not a competition of what can I do that they can't right. or how am I going to put them out of business? It's really one of those things to where it's going to take all of us to really drive this and bring tourism. And it, we all have to work together because if we don't, then nobody, it's wins. all going to fall apart. Yeah. apart and again. Absolutely. You know, talking with Jason over there, I mean, we do a Sunday show over there, a Sunday live show uh, for the station. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you, the Rick house is served over there and you're absolutely right. Actually this beer. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Time to drink. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't choose uh, Pouton Le Francais. Brews and Bros. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. What was the other one? Suds and Studs? Yeah, I'm still yeah. not on board with that one. Still not good? I like you. I'm just not in like <laughs> with you. Well, 
we'll work on a name. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, you, you're absolutely right. What we're doing, what you're doing for the community, what these uh, restaurants are doing for the community, what these businesses are, it's, it is coming to life. And that's what's the most exciting. As I was talking with Carol with Crazy Water yesterday, um, you know, we're going to play a part with the, the festival the station is. We're more than happy to because we just see the benefit of helping this community come back mm-hmm. to really what it should be. Yeah. Um, and it's a cool community. I love it. Yeah. You know, some of, the char- some of the characters that come in over there on Sundays, I love them. Um, you know, this guy shows up with a bag and he's, uh, what do you call it? A Royal Crown bag. And he's got his own homemade salsa and Todd. orders food, puts it on there. I love him. <laughs> I love these people. I love he makes them. his own salsa and so he yeah. brings it and he, he lets does. us try it and it's yeah. it's fantastic. He's like maybe that's going to be the future storefront somewhere. That's, you never know. Yeah. But uh, Brian, it's been great talking with you here. Thank Let's, you very uh, much. This was a this was fun. Yeah, absolutely. You want to find out more? Uh, just come to Mineral Wells. Find your place uh, on Oak Street. If you see the big uh, Crazy Water sign, turn right on uh, North Oak. On the left hand side, find the Crazy Water Hotel. If you want to find a great weekend getaway, come stay at the Crazy Water Hotel. Mm-hmm. It is cool. I got to I got to go check out some of the rooms up there. Oh yeah, I mean they're really neat. They're super nice. It is not like the luxury hotel. This is a hotel that you would remember. I mean the size and the character and the decor of what you would remember from the 30s and 40s. And it's granite and concrete. Yes. It is creepy solid. quiet. It is solid. It's super quiet. And it's haunted. I'm told. Just don't come in and ask for Rick. He's off. <laughs> Rick's off that day. Yeah. I don't know what day you're coming in, but he's off that day. Well, we're excited. What's uh, what your future is going to bring with you? Well, him. thank you. Um, you know, I, I I hope you grow, but still keep this small town vibe that you got going. Well, that's road. that's how it started, and so that's what we have to do. Um, that's just a part of it. Okay. Well, cheers to you, sir. Cheers. Irish Red here. Oh, that's good. You've done good. Done good. Oh, it's Oktoberfest. It's Prost. Prost. There Prost. we go. And we're in Texas, so it's Prost, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Michael hanging out with Brian here at Rick House Brewing Mineral Wells. Do we decide a name yet? Oh, uh, we'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. Yeah, we'll post it. <laughs> Thank you all. Remember, Texas, just not country music. It's music country.